This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. I'd like to thank one of our sponsors, RetailOpeningsAndClosings.com. In today's dynamic retail landscape, tracking openings and closings before they take place has never been more important. Having this intelligence is an undeniable competitive advantage. RetailOpeningsAndClosings.com, also known as ROCK, tracks future openings and future closings. Comprehensive, accurate, and reliable, the ROCK is your crystal ball and the key to making well-informed decisions with confidence in today's evolving retail climate. Hey everyone, welcome to Retail Retold. Today we have another bonus episode. We have Zach Lonis, Director of Social Media Marketing for Walmart. It's gonna be a real interesting one for everyone here because most people who listen to this are active on social media channels and Zach works for a company and is Director of Social Media Marketing that puts out almost 15,000 pieces of content a week. So. They have some interesting strategies and you can get a glimpse in what a or what number one on Fortune 500 is thinking about when it comes to social media. But before we go there, I wanted to talk about a different topic. A couple nights ago, I was in a group text with some of my friends and someone mentioned Last Dance, which is the new documentary series on the the 1997-98 Chicago Bulls. And one of my friends are in the group. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I need to be inspired right now. And everyone laughed, but it, it got me thinking. And I, I wanted to talk about the difference between inspiration and motivation. A while back, I, I read this LinkedIn article by this Australian guy by, uh, named Ron Prasad, and he talks about the differences between inspiration and motivation. Because I think if you ask someone that question, it's 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 not easy to really differentiate the two. And he differentiates them uh, really really well. And he says that inspiration is something that you feel inside while motivation is something that from the outside that compels you to take action. And that is really interesting, right? You know, the, the things that might motivate you to go work out different than being inspired. When you read a book, when you hear someone speak, being inspired is this feeling inside that makes you feel energetic, productive, you know, gets you excited. And so during this time, I challenge everyone out there, find the things that inspire you, get inspired. It will help you be productive every day. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the show. We, I think you're going to really uh, take a lot of this one. See you later, everyone. Bye-bye. Zach. 
tell us about, you got an amazing story. You went from cashier to director. Why don't you tell us the story of that and how you, you know, working for a, a big corporation, number one on Fortune 500, Walmart, how you ended up doing that? Yeah, it was uh, honestly an accident. I needed to get a job so that I could pay my basic rent. You know, um, I had honestly just gotten engaged to my now wife. Um, we moved into this apartment and I was like, man, now that we got this apartment and we're engaged, I don't have any money to um, pay for anything. Um, I didn't have health insurance. I didn't have anything. So I was like the worst um, catch that she could have caught, you know? Um, so I was like, you know, I'll just go. I actually started at Sam's club with Walmart and I went there cause they paid just a little bit more than minimum wage. Um, figured I could be a cashier or something, start out there until something better came along. But as where I, was that Sam's club? That was in Cincinnati. Um, it was Club 8132. It's actually in Tri-County, Ohio. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It was great. Uh, and I've met so many amazing people there. And as I was running the register, I also sold memberships. And people would come in and say, hey, you know what? This membership, it actually saves me thousands of dollars for my small business. And it allows me to put money aside. Or I've been able to hire an assistant. Or people would come in and say, my job is to do nothing but come to Sam's club and buy things for people and deliver them. So I was like, this is actually helping our economy and helping people and giving jobs. So that's what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to help people. I went to um, a religious school and college. I went to for Judaic studies at the university of Cincinnati. Cause I was like, I got to help people in the world. Um, the only way to do that is through some religion. And I learned that retail is a really viable option. If you want to help others and make a difference in the world. Wow. So you start out as a cashier, you get this like passion for what you guys are doing. What happens next? Yeah. So I uh, started, I went all in uh, on Sam's club and just really started thinking, what do I have to do to be the best at the job that I'm in today? It was first, it was uh, doing membership refunds and refunds at the service counter and selling memberships. So I got really good at that. I went and read some books about sales got better, started doing outside sales where I literally drove door to door and like knocked on businesses doors and interrupted their day to say, Hey, can I save you some money with a Sam's club membership? I um, learned a lot from doing that. And then I started taking the lessons that I learned and saying, it's not good enough. If I'm the best, the only way to really make an impact and do what I want to do is to make everyone I work with just as good or better than me. So I started teaching other people. And that's what got my leader's attention. They said, man, this guy, Zach, he's not just selling memberships. He's teaching everybody else. That's what a leader does. Let's make him a leader. And I just climbed from, went to a team lead, to assistant manager, crossed over to Walmart once I became an assistant manager, went to co-manager, store manager, now here at home office. So just took off. So give everyone context. I think they forget. So you were a store manager at a Walmart? Yeah. I, how, many, how many employees do you have as a store manager at Walmart? Oh man, I did. Uh, I worked in a couple different stores. The first one I worked in was a small, low volume store, but I still had about 150 associates. Oh my God. And then when I ended um, the last store I ran, so I actually was running two stores at the same time. And I had 515 associates that I was uh, um, leading at that time. Wow. And so I know Walmart, if you hit the hundred million dollar store, they give you the yell they give you something, right? What do they give you? You just really get a good pat on the back and you your, your high volume status. Your <laughs> so. high volume status. So what, did you get to that status at some point? 
Yeah, we actually grew our status. Um, so like I said, I was running two stores at one time and we grew from, we, from that middle level to uh, the higher level. I mean, that was a huge thing for all of us because it yeah. showed that what we were doing mattered to our community and people were coming in and buying more. So we felt good about that. Awesome. That's great. And so how long were you in the stores? How long of a period from cashier to store manager to run to leading 500 people? Yeah. Um, I worked in the stores for just over 10 years. Got it. Long time. It took me, um, from cashier to store manager was a five year journey. And so did you, and I know there's a couple of paths you could come like a, a district manager and have, or a regional VP and stuff like that and have, you know, multiple store managers report up to you. Did you want to go into the home office or did you, was it just an opportunity you liked? What was the, what were you thinking at the time when you were a store manager? Yeah, I wanted to be a district manager. I wanted to climb up and go from running one store. Like I said, I got this opportunity where a store manager was out. I got this opportunity to run two stores for about four or five months. And I, my, the natural next step would have been run a district, you know, 10 to 11 stores, um, more people, more volume and, and climb up. It was just really weird. I went to this meeting and started talking about marketing and the way social media plays into the store and retail experience. And this opportunity at home office came out of nowhere and it just seemed too good to pass up. And that's why I'm at the home office now. Have you been in the role long enough where, you know, coming from a guy where driving sales matters, where you've seen like an impact that's tangible, like, wow, we're doing this. And this guy, this store grew 5% or something like that. Yeah, that's exactly. Um, and maybe I'll even share the story. That's exactly how I got into this role was I was running these stores and I started thinking, you know, what, where are we going with retail? And the truth is I actually walked in to my house and my wife was, was on her phone um, using Instagram. And she had tagged me in this picture of a swimsuit for our, at the time, two-year-old daughter. And she was showing me how the place that she tagged the swimsuit and asked me like, Oh, do you like this swimsuit for Gwen? Do you think it'd be cute? Had responded back to her and said, Hey, um, thanks for checking out the stuff. If you like it, we'll give you a 10% discount to buy now. And she did. She bought that swimsuit. They came in, they told, sent a little thing and said, take a picture of your daughter in the swimsuit and feel free to tag us, you know, and share. She did. They ended up sharing the picture of our daughter on their Instagram page. That company literally went called Red Dolly Swimwear, went from a place my wife did business with to her friend, her digital friend, because they shared a picture of our daughter and it felt so personal and responded to the comment. And I was like, man, my store's not doing anything like that. We're not responding to comments. We're not putting out products for people. And we're going to miss out on, on the future of retail. If a small business can do it, my store should be able to do it. So I leaned in heavy to Facebook. We had a Facebook access from the company. And I got all about it. And we started making posts showing clearance items and great deals to people um, with good captions. We'd let them know when we were going to do tastings and um, different products and just different ways to save money. I started tracking the sales on the items that we promote. And I just did a really quick window of like, how much did sales increase in a 24, 72 hour or five day period? And we would see things like um, real life example. I put bunk beds and these bunk beds were sitting out as a feature in a main alley um, in my store for like two weeks. Didn't sell a single one. Made a post about it on social media for my store's page. Within two days, no bunk beds left. 
every single one of them sold. And there were all kinds of shares and comments on that post. So I was like, man, this is a great example. Built like five um, business case scenarios around social media and selling products. I shared that up with my leadership. I actually got the opportunity at a meeting to talk to the CMO at the time, Tony Rogers, share that information with him and said, this is what I'm seeing. This is the power. Imagine if every store got behind social media and had the same situation happen with my bunk beds where they're selling out out of products. That's huge sales when you scale that across the company. And he literally looked at me and said, I love it. Do you want to do that for the company? I was like, what? He's like, do you want to do that for the company? He's like, could you get every store doing posts like that and driving sales like that? And I told him, I said, I don't know. That sounds like a lot, but I would love to try. Three weeks later, I was in Bentonville. That's Unbelievable story, man. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. So, and, and what is your title now? I think you have a cool title from Walmart. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a, a director of social media with emphasis on local social media. Awesome. And so what is the a director of social media in, at Walmart and an emphasis on social media do? Yeah. So what Our we, local, an emphasis on local. Yeah, we operate 4,700 Facebook pages. Oh my um, God. Yeah. 600 um, Instagram pages, a couple TikTok pages. Um, so basically what we do is we partner with the stores and we find a great partner associate in, inside each store that's out there and teach them how to become a content creator that reaches the customer on their cell phone, wherever they're at, whenever they are looking for the store to provide solutions with merchandise, pricing, services, so on and so forth. So, and, and how many people are on your team now? Yeah, I have one person on my Walmart team, um, Brandy, and she does a great job. And then I work with agencies. So I have a tech agency called Brand Networks. I work with them and they've got a team of engineers and support managers and so on. Um, and then I also work with a group called iCreative. And I've got a team that works with me here in Bentonville. Um, Lindsay runs up the creative team there and they do a lot of the um, actual content that we put out and encourage how to make the right content. So how was that transition from leading 500 people to now having like one direct report and having all these third party vendors? Yeah, it, it's been different. Um, I had to learn about remote work, you know, how do you be a leader and influence and make things happen when people are spread across the country? Um, the other way I see it is, I actually expanded, even though I only have one technical direct report, I'm actually working with, you know, 4,700 stores across the country because we have to have a, a great relationship so that we can tell them, here's how you create a post. Here's what should go up. Here's what you should be posting about. Um, here are the things you shouldn't be posting about. So we have to build these relationships. And honestly, I get emails, text messages, phone calls. DMs from stores all over the country. And I see them um, not as a store who's interrupting my day, but I see them as co-workers of mine that I'm just in the trenches. They're, they're my partners and um, we rely on each other to be successful. Very cool. And how do you like the switch from like operations to marketing and, and, and even more so into digital media? Yeah, it, it was different. Um, I know we were talking for a minute before the call about, you know, some Sometimes in operations, like what is marketing? And I was one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> marketing is 
you know, such a waste of money. It's pointless. I don't understand it. But getting into marketing, I, I guess I learned that um, what you're, what we're really trying to do is provide a solution, the best customer experience for a customer, wherever they choose to be. It just so happens that 86% of Americans choose to spend something like two hours a day on their phone and they're shopping there. So if, if I look at it and say, well, that's just marketing and that's garbage and, I, and it's not worth my time. I'm basically saying, Hey, the way that customers spend their time isn't important to me. And I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of their world. That's not acceptable anymore. And that's why I got into this. So I've learned that great marketing can build relationships that go beyond sales. It's, it's a real partnership. And the way that I think about it today is um, through social media, what we're doing is we are just partnering the friends, family members, and neighbors of our store associates with the store associates. They're all friends. They're in the same community. So how do we get them talking and providing solutions in a digital atmosphere for one another, mobile, wherever they're at? Hopefully that answers what. Yeah, that, that definitely does. And so what's the, the strategy, and I don't know if I'm missing it, is the strategy really, is it, is it an extension of customer service? Is that like the key pillar there? Is that what you're doing there? Or is it more about like brand awareness in the stores? And what, what, what is the, what, is it everything? I, yeah, it's a little bit of everything. To, to sum it up, the way that I try to explain it is, we are a group of associates that put people first empowered by technology to build digital relationships within their community. That could be everything from a solution to a price to um, a brand awareness. It could be all those things. And essentially what we're doing is crowdsourcing great marketing content from our frontline associates who know those communities and those people better than anybody. So we're empowering them to do so. How active are the stores in managing the pages? Extremely active, which is, um, actually was really surprising to me coming into it. We have uh, a loose number that I can say out there is uh, we create about 15,000 posts per week with the wow. stores. So they're really active. And so 15,000 posts. Now, if I, if I send them a, a message or a comment, can I, should, should I, as a customer, is it reasonable to expect a response from a Walmart associate to respond back through social media? Yeah, the way it'll work is that will actually trigger into a queue line of sorts, just depending on what the comment is and um, if it's a question or, uh, or a concern or whatever it may be. And it'll go into a queue. And we have a team. It's a, it's a moderation team. It is at, it's at home office. It's not locally based on those responses, but they will come and comment back um, whether... Sometimes it's just to say thank you. Sometimes it's to respond to the actual question or concern that you've posted there. Very cool. So you have, you know, working for this big battleship organization. I think a lot of people find social media interesting. What would be your top three tips in using social media and retail? Yeah. I, the number one tip I would give is the best social media post that you can do is the one you actually do. And, and like, just that simple. Everyone overthinks that like, you know, um, putting out any post is better than putting out no post. Um, and I've learned that, you know, even if it's a, a post that's not necessarily gets you the best feedback, it's a post and it's better than nothing. So a lot of people 
are just afraid to even step up to the plate when it comes to social media, especially when it comes to their job um, and whatnot. And so they're just afraid. But the best pose you can do is, is just the one you do. Um, the second tip that I would give to people is really lean into that local type of experience. That's why I love the local. Nobody knows the local customer or the person walking into those brick and mortar stores than the associates working in them. And Sam Walton, what he talked about, he said, I think the unique relationship that we have with our local communities is a strength that will take us forever in the future. And he says, the day that we lose that is the day we're going to have problems, something along those lines, right? So I believe that in empowering our local associates to be able to provide those solutions. It's the best thing. So do a post, get local. And then the third thing I would say about it is get used to it because in this digital economy, in this digital world, more people are relying on their phones. They're looking for solutions online before they ever walk into a store. So if you want to be a great retailer in the future, social media, digital marketing, being where your customer's at, it's not an option anymore. And it can't just be a throw a post or a video out there and hope for the best. You have to get really um, individualized. You got to be able to put out multiple pieces of content because what appeals to me may not appeal to the next person or what's important in Florida isn't the same as what's important in New York. And um, that's where that local level comes in. So don't just try to do a blanket strategy of one post and it's going to take care of everybody. Really lean into the way digital marketing works, which is personalized, individualized, hyper-local, and it takes a lot of content to do that. Hopefully that's helpful. <laughs> yeah, that's some sage advice. That's great. And um, the are there a lot of Walmart associates who do, who post personally, like, you know, and, and stuff? And does Walmart, do you guys encourage that? Yeah, there are a lot of associates that love to talk about you know, what they do at work. They enjoy working at Walmart. They, it's a great opportunity for them. They have stories. A lot of people have stories similar to mine where they've grown um, in their career and just learned more and had more opportunities given to them. They want to tell the world about that. So yes, associates are doing it. Um, we don't necessarily, I think we're kind of on a, on a line with it. Of We're not saying, yes, you have to go post about that. Like we're not asking anyone, go tell your Walmart story. We're also not stopping you. If you want to go out there and, and talk about things, whether it's positive, even the negative stuff, go out there. It's, you have your voice. Um, we encourage you to be fully you at Walmart. And that means talking about Walmarts in the ways that matter to you. So yeah, if you're, if you want to go for it, then go for it. Awesome. Uh, la la last question on this topic. What's, what's next? director of social media marketing. Are you going back to ops? Are you going somewhere else? Are you going to be the DM? Are you going to stick in marketing? What's the, what's the plan? Oh man, that is, that's the um, million dollar question. And, <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I haven't said it in necessarily where exactly when I, where I want to go. I love so many things about retail. I love, you know, being in the stores. I love learning from people. I love the marketing. I love the digital version, you know, the digital concept and e-commerce and all that stuff. So the truth is my next step will be somewhere that I believe is, uh, is going to challenge me to work harder, learn more and take a lot of the assumptions that I'm holding today and have to get rid of them because I just want to grow as a person and whatever opportunity comes next, it's going to challenge me as a person. I'm open to it. So Zach, you know, um, that's some great perspective. 
wanted to pivot right now. You know, we're in this crazy time with the COVID-19 world. What is Zach thinking about this and how it affects retailing? And what are you thinking about things of ways to be successful during this time? Yeah, you know, um, my personal opinions and my personal experience are telling me that the way that people are starting to behave today with because of COVID-19, there's more people leaning into e-commerce and using their phones. They're streaming more than ever. Um, they're online. They're finding out that they can have food delivered to them. I think that a lot of those things that people are discovering out of necessity today are going to become new habits for them. If I can order my favorite restaurant without having to get in the car, get the kids ready and go there, and they're just going to bring it to me, I'm going to keep doing that. So retailers of the future have to lean even more into this digital conversation, right? And that's, that's honestly what I think about with uh, marketing and social media. It's really just digital conversation and digital relationships. We've got to build those and show how we're providing those solutions because in the future, we can't just take it for granted that people are going to walk into the store. We can't take it for granted that, you know, if you build it, they will come. Like that's not going to be the philosophy anymore. It's going to take a lot of work and um, people are going to be thinking different and expecting a different kind of service. So I think that's what we got to be prepared for. And those are the muscles right now is a great opportunity to be building those digital muscles and thinking about those digital solutions to problems because you can test them out, get good at them. And then, um, you know, right now it's a little bit easy because everyone's leaning into them. So again, take step up to the plate and swing at the next pitch, pitch that comes to you, whether it's trying a curbside pickup, trying a new type of social media post, go for it because it won't be an option. It's not necessarily an option today, but it won't be an option of something to turn off even after COVID-19, if you want to remain a relevant retailer. So you're a guy that was on the front lines in the stores. You were a cashier, you stocked pallets, you led 500 people in a store. Do you have a concern about the viability of a brick and mortar store? It feels like today that when, you know, even more than ever, as much as people are doing online, it feels like to me with the central retailing, that people felt the need to get to the stores. I went to my Walmart here in Riverdale, New Jersey, and it's been slammed. Yeah. It feels like they, you know, they feel much more comfortable going to the store for those essentials. Maybe the supply chain was broken on delivery for online and they didn't have the infrastructure to get it to me and delivery. It was, my toilet paper was delayed, but, but at Walmart they had it. And so I went and got my Pampers at Walmart because- yeah. They had it. And one of the things that was great was I went on to walmart.com and they told me, I looked for it and they told me it was at the store. And when I went, it was at the store, which was yeah. huge because I went on to a major retailer that started as a brick and mortar, as a big competitor. I started as an e-commerce tenant or e-commerce retailer and was a, is one of the biggest juggernauts in e-commerce. And they told me I wasn't going to get it till like May 5th. I was like, well, that's not good for my kids. I need yeah. diapers today. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that was great. What, what do you think about the, the vi- Zach think about the viability of stores and physical presence, especially since you're so digitally focused? Yeah, and I, I do. I, I believe that there will always be the need. And, and that's what I love about, again, the whole local social that I, I get to work on. The main thing I like about it is, is it's that blend because you're using a physical store and you're thinking about this physical store that honestly, the way I think of it, it's like 
the physical brick and mortar store has a digital shadow. It's just the same thing, right? You're really running two stores. You're running an online store and you're running this physical brick and mortar store. So you've got to have those kinds of solutions. I think more people will lean in. Even, even like you mentioned, um, that's the way that I see a lot of behavior ha- happening is people will look online first, look at things like delivery dates, does this place have it in stock? And then they're deciding which brick and mortar store to go into based on what their cell phone and what the internet is telling them to do. So you've got to have both solutions available for people. Um, I also think that, but the difference is, is again, it's essential items. It's things that I got to go for. It's something I need now and I can't wait two days or 24 hours for. Um, I think shipping will become two hours. You know, everyone's talking about two hour shipping is, is the next big thing. And then it'll be even more convenient. So the question is going to be, what takes me into a store if even an urgent essential item I got to get to, um, I can get within two hours. Now it's going to be, do I need this right this moment for me to go to the store? Or the other reason you're going to go to a store is I want to get out of the house. Like right now, I would love to just get, go to a Walmart and walk around simply because I want to get out of the house. My wife and I, we take our kids to Walmart on the weekends. It's something to do with our time. It's not because we have to go there. It's something to do. And I think retail brick and mortar has to lean into that experience. What's the experience that's going to get me out of my house to put my, my jeans actually on and drive to your store, fight the traffic to get in. Um, and it's got to be a great experience where I can find new products. I'm going to be treated great by the associates in there, discover something that I wouldn't be able to discover easily online. I think I think that's what it's going to be about. Yeah, I think discovery is an interesting one, right? People like to discover product for sure. I think that's that American shopping need. I think discovery will be interesting and it's a lot easier to discover in the store, more exciting, right? You never saw, oh oh my God, that impulse buy. Great perspective, man. I really, really appreciate it. We normally do this rapid fire at the end with with a couple of questions and I'm going to ask you two of them, Zach. Yep. Question one, what extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? Oh man, right now, maybe like a a KB Toys or like a Toys R Us just because I grew up with those, you know, and uh, I I miss just going to the toy store or taking my daughters to the toy store to just see the cool new toys. Awesome. Last one. We'll play a little bit like uh, a little bit like the price is right. I mentioned it before. I'm on walmart.com's website. Mm-hmm. I am looking at the Pampers Swaddler. My uh, it's a box of 136 diapers <laughs> and <laughs> and it is um, it is size five. That is my son. What is the price of that box of diapers? Oh, man, Walmart.com. Yeah, so $24.97. It's $39.76, but thank you for playing. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. I should know. I, I buy diapers for my girls all the time. So, yeah. Well, listen, Zach, thanks for joining. You gave a real interesting perspective about uh the digital um, effects on retail in the future. And I think everyone's going to really enjoy it. And you have a unique perspective working on this for the largest retailer in America. So uh, thanks so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated it. 
Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.